Red sus. I said red, sus. Why aren't you laughing? I just made a reference to the popular video game Among Us. How can you not laugh at it? Emergency meeting. 48 minutes of dog barking. 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 There's one thing I really don't like about your neighborhood. What's that, Brian? When the weather gets nice for like 12 hours, when I come drive here. Yeah. There's too many fucking bearded white dudes on their <laughs> shitty fucking, tr- you know, trail bikes. Yeah. Wearing all yeah. fucking black with one little fucking LED flashing on their handlebar. Let me tell you something. This LED is only flashing once every yeah. 24 yeah. seconds. No, it's not great. Yeah. And then they get pissed that you don't see them. Of course. Yeah. You look like a guy who's trying to steal underwear from a sorority house. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like I didn't no. see I didn't see the guy dressed like Are you are you wearing your stagehand clothes from the Muni? What's going on there, bro? Yeah, put some reflective tape on that shit. Do Come something. on. I'm pro bike. Yeah. I am not pro bike in St. Louis because St. Louis was designed hand in glove with the big three. This is a yeah. car if oh, you yeah. don't for people that don't know, if you do not have a car in St. Louis, you might as well fucking. Yeah, you are really hosed. It's... You are you are fucked. You go to fucking Portland. Yeah. Go to San Francisco. Chicago. Eh, Chicago, yes. Yeah, Depending on where you are in Chicago. Chicago, right? Chicago just kind of sucks. Okay, fair enough. But, um, but point taken. But yes, you can walk around Chicago. There's actually like neighborhoods that flow into each other. But like, when I went to visit my brother in Portland, I you know we had access to a car, but we rarely use it unless we were leaving the city because mm-hmm. it's just like we just walk there like right. walk across the bridge walk to pals yeah take the tram back sure but st louis that doesn't like, i think that's a, a fucking culture shock to a lot of people that move oh yeah the, like so you just have to take the car everywhere yeah well, what about the metrolink well sucks. it sucks <laughs> it's really just to take you to the baseball game and the airport and, and the, the airport, airport. it's yeah. just really to take you to baseball games and the airport not useful at all except no. for those two things because of, of racism, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. That white people in St. Charles think that a robe of angry black children are going to hop on. Is Belleville, Illinois a stop? I can't remember. Swansea. Sw- black children from the ghetto of Swansea, <laughs> Illinois are going to take a three-hour trip all the way out to St. Charles <laughs> to... Uh, <laughs> to steal their carburetor, I guess. Yeah. Is that what that is? And then carburetor. take it on the train. <laughs> <laughs> carrying around a fucking carburetor <laughs> st louis cops like what are you doing with that oh I'm, just, I'm repairing my cousin's my car. uncle's sick yeah <laughs> i gotta fix his carburetor <laughs> see like by i if i saw if i saw a young man on the metro link mm-hmm. with a carburetor i'd be like the guy's going through something. I, I would, yeah, I, I there's make something else happening. Yeah, Do yeah. you steal it? I don't know. Is he going through a hard time? Probably. Yes. yes. Yeah, she ain't going crazy because yeah. you're on the Metro. First of all, you're on the Metrolink. Right. Generally, that's a sign. Yeah. When the Metrolink first opened, I had a classmate who him and his his siblings and his mom went. I guess they did like the whole line, which okay. was pretty short at the time. 
And I asked him, it was Jonathan. I was like, Jonathan, what was it? Because I was like third or fourth grade. He's like, mm. it was kind of neat, except on the way back, this drunk mailman kept talking to my mom. <laughs> <laughs> like, and boy, oh boy, was that a precedent that things... If you I was have never say, been on the Metrolink yeah. and never just had like a guy who was obviously drinking like a pocket bottle <laughs> in his jacket. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's just trying to tell you about some shit in the old... Yeah, hey, I used to be this place in North County called Little Pig's Barbecue. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they turned that shit into a Hollywood video. And you're just like, my guy, you smell like just like Gordon's vodka. Which is probably the worst one. It is. If you've never been on a Metrolink... And didn't see empty bottles mm. roll to the front of the car <laughs> every stop. <laughs> you ain't yeah. really been on the metro lane. Yeah, that's true. Uh, when I was coming home from that Mexico trip, <laughs> <laughs> we we got in the, like you know like late at night, and and, and we got the last train in, and and there, <laughs> there was a guy sitting there with this giant Bluetooth boombox. Oh hell yeah! Blasting. Not hip hop itself, but a fucking hip hop podcast about <laughs> this. Those dudes just being like, "Yeah, this MF Doom record is really cool." But it, it, it was about some like underground hip hop artist in Houston, okay. and I, I wound up listening to the whole podcast on the on the way back because <laughs> was it interesting. I guess, but I, it's, it's, it's just, just like a weird thing you didn't like. I wasn't expecting it. I, it wasn't like I'm going to get on the train and listen to somebody else's podcast they're listening to halfway through and finish it with them that was not on my card uh but there it is and then yes the the bottles were rolling because we came from the airport so the airplane bottles were rolling down the aisle <laughs> amazing <laughs> like two or three different ones and it wasn't me this time so oh uh, a few times it has been me and my yeah. friends <laughs> the yeah. reason the reason why every single time <laughs> <laughs> I remember very distinctly going down to the arch yeah. the 4th of July, which was a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. Every time the car stopped and you stop, <laughs> just all the empty PBRs and shit just roll up to the front. And I remember this this young man getting on. He was probably like 30. You know, yeah. We're probably all like 20 or 21. An adult compared to us. And I remember him just looking... At all of the PBR cans, just like slamming into the front of yeah. the car, mm. and he just him just sighing as he moved his bike onto the no. Just... <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, it's forty eight minutes of dogs barking. My name is Jason. This is Brian. We're hanging out with you on a Thursday night, beautiful St. Louis, Missouri. Oh my goodness, beautiful day. It was a very nice day. It was. I, I had to spend. I had to spend it all inside, but. Yeah, I drove to Olivet to to do a work thing. It was oh, very wow. weird. Olivet, a real cultural mecca. <sighs> yeah, real. <laughs> you gotta watch out for uh, you know, check your wallet out. Uh, yeah, um, this... you might get your ass beat at the Chevys. <laughs> I did drive hey there. Past hey there, the white Chevys. boy. You came to the wrong Chevys. Yeah, I did drive gonna, past the Chevys. I'm gonna turn your ass into a Dilla. <laughs> Oh, man. At a certain point, I kind of wish they would have. But anyway. I'll get my ass beat at the show. <laughs> maybe the fucking salsa will taste like something. Yeah, blood, maybe? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's been a very strange week online as well. One of my kids' favorite guys. Used to be one of their favorite guys. Asked everybody how it's going. That's right, folks. The Red Muppet Elmo on Twitter asks simply, Elmo is just... Ch- uh, do I have to do the voice? Elmo! Was just checking in. Thank you. How 
is everybody doing? <laughs> I, I, I kind of got it. No, that's great. Uh, so Daily Dot here, Allie Hayes writing, We all know Elmo, right? Cute red muppet, lives on Sesame Street, has a goldfish named Dorothy, is a friend to all. And we all know the state of the world currently, right? It's, uh, it's not good. Well, this week, the canonically three-year-old monster decided to take to Twitter to ask his 450,000 followers a simple question. How is everybody doing? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I gotta ask the the guy molested all those children. He still have control of the account? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, uh, I don't. I hope not. This is gonna be our real secret. Oh. It's called two factor authentication. <laughs> don't tell. <laughs> don't tell nobody on Elmo, okay? <laughs> Yeah, so people were quick to comment, uh, you know, uh, shit is fucked up right now, E, me getting ready to trauma dump on Elmo, uh, Seamus, <laughs> Mellow Elmo, Sally. I'll be real, I'm at my fucking limit. Gibson Johns are playing, I'll tell you how I'm doing, not well, bitch. <laughs> Nat Queen Cole, Elmo, I gotta level with you, baby, we are fighting for our lives. Just Tom saying, I'm good, Elmo. Please check on Nicki Minaj. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That, I haven't seen someone uh, crater like that in a while. Yeah. Nicki's not having a great week either. Yeah. Here's uh, T Pain coming in. I'm just looking for somebody to talk to and show me some love, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, T Pain. He's T-Pain. three. He's three. Come on, T Pain. <laughs> T Pain's doing his, uh, he, he's, he's picking up some things from his favorite movie, uh, Doubt. Okay, that's a deep cut for the listeners at home who have maybe not seen it. What is Doubt about? Doubt is a Philip Seymour Hoffman film where Mr. Hoffman plays a uh, priest. Yes. That is suspected he is molesting a young black child within the parish uh, and possibly other children. Yes. And I'm going to tell you something here. That movie was released on DVD Easter weekend. Oh boy! I think it was 2010. <laughs> oh no! And uh, which was which was wild. Of all the times to release it, yeah, for fucking sure. fucking baller ass move. And I remember when I was working at Blockbuster that weekend, we only got two copies in. I can't tell you how many like white ass women came up to me and be like, "Excuse me, do you guys have a copy of Doubt?" I'm like, oh. no, but we've got Changeling. If you want another. <laughs> <laughs> Well, wasn't Meryl Streep in Doubt too? Isn't that oh the, yeah, yeah, no, she's great. But uh, it's it's a fantastic movie. Oh, uh, I loved it. It's just, uh, it's, uh, I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman, so right? I don't know if I can uh, molest your child. Well, isn't the whole thing is that there nobody's sure whether he did it or not? Isn't that the whole uh, thrust yeah? Of the movie? I mean, I think you know. I'm just going to go by the track record of the Catholic Church. He, sure, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman priest was uh, definitely diddling those children. Okay. Uh, so the response to it was swift and furious. Everyone told uh, Elmo all their problems. It got so bad that uh, the president had to weigh in. That's right, folks. Joseph Robinette Biden had to uh, to jump in there. Here's Joe Biden. Folks, I know how... I can't even do Joe Biden. Uh, folks! Uh, I know, I, I, can God you do damn it, too? man? Yeah. It would be over for y'all hoes if I could do a Joe Biden. I know. It would be really... I know how hard it is some days to sweep the clouds away and get to sunnier days. Our friend Elmo's right. We have to be there for each other. Offer our help to a neighbor in need, and above all else, ask for help when we need it. Even though it's hard, you're never alone. I got nothing. All right, so (laughs) Elmo then responding with, you know, Elmo's glad he asked. Elmo learned it's important to ask a friend how they're doing. Elmo loves you. Hashtag emotional (laughs) well-being. 
Well, yeah. uh, Elmo, I think, regrets that he asked. I would, yeah, that that does definitely. It, a lot of people's responses were very much that thing. Shubabang on Twitter here with, with the comic. Elmo wants to say hello to everyone. Wish Elmo luck. And he goes behind the door, closes it, immediately comes back. Elmo needs to think for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, hey, buddy, uh, shit's rough out here. And the part of the reason why shit sucks is Joe Biden's fault. So, uh, yeah, kind of uh, not great. We love our uh, dementia-riddled, fucking war criminal, genocide Joe-ass president, don't we, folks? And then he's sucking Netanyahu off so hard. And Netanyahu's never going to bust for him, because Netanyahu does not respect him. No, he doesn't, no. What a dark way to start the show, but honestly, it doesn't get any better. (laughs) A Twitter... This is is one that I found that I was, like, absolutely inscrutable until I found... And I hate to use them as an example, but Know Your Meme laid it out fairly well. A user on Twitter uh, posted a flyer that was spotted in their neighborhood. Now, of course, I believe this is one of those, uh, what do you call them, a setup? True Wagner. How to punish my daughter. My daughter is biting hair. I'm a single father, so I don't have the, quote, maternal instinct. Calling all moms. Best way to tell her this is not okay without being too harsh? Please write the answer, and it takes the form of a uh, of a poster put on a telephone pole with a pen for people to write in their answers. And all the answers are: feed her a stew that makes her go blind. <laughs> feed her a stew that makes her go blind for one day. Stew that blinds her for a day. Feed her a type of stew that makes her blind for a day. One day blinding stew. So. I saw that and I was like, okay, what is this about? Why are we telling? You know, what is what is happening? So essentially, the blinding stew is an item in Minecraft. Suspicious stew in Minecraft is an item that you can create that causes the character that you're playing to go blind. So you have to get special items, and you're making this thing, and it makes your character go blind. After that post came out, people were then responding to his Twitter account with fake Wikipedia entries for the perpetual one-day blinding stew. (laughs) Here's the fake Wikipedia entry as it reads, A perpetual one-day blinding stew, also known as Forever Blind for a Day Soup. Hunter's Pot Blindness, or Hunter's Sightless Stew, is a pot in which a blindness-inducing foodstuffs are placed and cooked. This idea that there's a stew out there that's going to make you go blind. Brian, would you eat the blindness stew if it was one day? Yeah, it would have to be a pot of stew that looked like it had a big old turd in it, like that mm, mm-hmm. image there that's used for this. Yeah, that's definitely not the most appealing version. I'm, I'm yeah, it's, I wouldn't. I don't know. I'm imagining something with potatoes and leeks and and and, and a big a hunk of shade. <laughs> right, you know, a big chunk of lamb is in there. You know, you got to get something, something good. Because it better be worth it if I'm going blind for a day. The fact that a, a Minecraft joke broke containment and went <laughs> went to Twitter and then became its own thing with a fake Wikipedia entry. I love this sort of thing. The internet is beautiful. So speaking of possibly being blind, Brian. <laughs> NPR breaking the news is that uh, Elon Musk has put a chip in someone's brain. Can't imagine it's going to go well. Not good. According to Elon, which again... You got to take it with a grain of salt because he's the guy that brought out someone in a robot suit and said, like, yeah, this is my robot. Also, don't for- go even further back. 
he didn't have a proper working prototype for one of his vehicles. Oh, yeah. So they put like a fucking body kit on a Mercedes and put his kids in the trunk. It was the summer trip. That's right. I completely forgot about that. But yeah, um, so they got FDA approval back in last May to do human trials. I don't know how the fuck that happened. Yeah, they said they wanted to enlist people ages 22 and above who are living with quadriplegia due to a spinal cord injury or ALS, which everybody knows as Lou Gehrig's disease. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to put a chip in your brain because why not? So the actual post is as follows. The first human received an implant from Neuralink yesterday. This was uh, three days ago and is recovering well. Initial results show a promising neuron spike detection. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good, I guess. Uh, it didn't sure. die, so that's nice. The responses to this on Twitter were really, really funny. The uh, When your Neuralip, Neuralink chip gets hacked and it's somebody getting rickrolled in real life, you know, what is the particular objective? Can they download Kung Fu? I also want to know that. I think the idea of hacking the brain as it were and helping people who are disabled or who have you know severe injuries and and things like that i think that's an interesting idea and i think there's something there worth pursuing yeah uh i wouldn't trust elon musk no the wrong person like the the monkeys that like (laughs) They're like ripping it out and stuff. Yeah, and they were dying on the table. I mean, that's why yeah. I went with quadriplegics because they can't do that. Oh, yeah. Of all the people to trust with my brain, I'm not trusting that guy. I don't. I, there's nothing else to really say about it because, like, he's fucked up enough. Please mm-hmm. don't fuck up my brain. Like, that's the last thing I got. So, just, the idea that it's like, yeah, sure. Oh no, my Neuralink has downloaded the woke mind fire. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, no, the the exact opposite thing that he wanted to happen. Oh, no, how terrible. Yeah. So, Brian, our new friends, our good friends over at Plum Corp Records, responsible for the Dracula Flow, Bat Talk, uh, Big Swimmer, <laughs> the the amazing clothing line. Perk City. Perk City, yeah, uh, and, and, a, and a bunch of others. They actually just had a, a whole recent drama happen on their YouTube page that I don't think we covered last week because I think we ran out of time. But <laughs> Randall Timms? Yes, Randall Timms was arrested and then cleared of all charges eventually. So now we're back in business. Plum Corp Records continuing on as normal. So longer in control of, uh, was it <laughs> Filipino or Taiwanese? It was a Taiwanese. <laughs> Taiwanese businessman. <laughs> Who um turned the turned the, the YouTube page into like the deep frying of like snack food? It's like shitty recipes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really bizarre. Like let's uh let's deep fry some Swedish fish. Oh <laughs> well, yeah. There was because that was like a, a series of like six or seven different videos detailing this whole thing. But now we're back in business. They're, they're... Randall Timms can go back to doing what he what he does, which is uh Go to the gas station, get some black and milds and some scratchers. <laughs> oh, that's right. There's, an, there's that entire video that's, where it's, this is my day as a CEO. You know. This is why this is how I'm successful. And so then <laughs> I go, I go to the park and smoke some black and milds. And then when I'm done with that, I go to the gas station, buy some black and milds and some scratchers. <laughs> and so Plum Corp Records. 
they, they got a new signee. This is the, the title of the video. New signee bag boy spits an aggressive 40 bars while his Hyundai is in the shop. Y'all fuck with him? Double question mark. Let's hear a little bit of bag boy. What's he saying? My ops shoot like Jeff Barnes, moving like Freddie Benson. And we ain't talking about the Muppet Babies. They the whole crew. We all animals. Running these street like fuck a zoo. No cannibal. My favorite part, by the way, is in the bottom right-hand corner of the video is the Plum Corp City player haters. Like it's a team. Yeah. <laughs> it almost looks like the uh, Special Olympics logo. Yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, so amazing things happening in the world of Plum Corp. Uh, we all love them so very much. I'm off the perk right now. Yeah. <laughs> Good. What does he say in there? He says something like, uh, it's the dumbest lines. Like, I had a bitch over and she shat herself. There's no joke there. It's just like, <laughs> it's just, yeah, that, that's the thing that happened, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of things that happened. Zaza got me feeling like I'm the uncle that works at Nintendo. <laughs> in the next uh, Mario game, he has a gun. Uh, and that's <laughs> something, <laughs> if you believe it or not. The reason why Mario has the flame flower is because Miyamo actually wanted to give him a gun. But they're like, <laughs> "Oh no, yeah. okay, all right, okay. all right." I'm, I listen. I listen. I listen to retro nuts. Okay, okay, I subscribe yeah, to their yeah. Patreon. I have no sure. shame. Yeah, hey, look, nothing wrong with it. You're listening to 48 minutes of dogs barking the podcast, and now it's time for the crypto scam of the week. Well, someone who should have shame. You like that? Yeah. Like the way I was in there. Someone who should have shame, Chris Larson, Ripple. Oh, sorry, Ripple Focus Cryptocurrency XRP. Excuse mm-hmm. me. This past Tuesday, hackers stole 112 million of XRP from a crypto wallet. Chris Larson said on Wednesday the stolen crypto was his. This, according to TechCrunch, which I usually don't see a lot of crypto related stuff. At least as far as scams go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Larson, Larson wrote on X, previously Twitter. I fucking hate that. It's I'm sorry. Twitter, it's, it's such a it, it's such a stupid. I know they have to do it because that's Twitter's whole deal now. But like, it's so fucking stupid. Just he wrote on Twitter. Fuck off. Like anyway, Larson wrote, "quote There was unauthorized access to a few of my personal XRP accounts, not Ripple." We were able to catch the problem and notify exchanges to freeze the affected addresses. Law enforcement is already involved. Zach XPT, of course, broke the story before Larson could, but by about an hour. Zach XPT wrote on Twitter, The stolen XRP has already been laundered through several exchanges and platforms, including Binance and Kraken. Binance spokesperson Simon Matthews told TechCrunch that the company is, quote, aware and actively supporting the investigation. We are aware of the incident. We have an incident response capability, yada, yada. I mean, come on. The details of who controls and owns the hack wallet is murky, as it may or may not be Ripple's wallet. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah, the hacked wallet, according to XRP Scan, was called Ripple 50, and was activated by a separate wallet, Tilda Funding Wallet 1. The Funding Wallet 1 was activated by Larson's account, February of 2013, a month after his own account, Tilda Chris Larson was created. TechCrunch tried to reach out to Ripple. The company's spokesperson referred to Larson's post and said Ripple was not impacted. Ripple, I did not know this, was around since 2012. 
Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good long time to be around as a as a non Bitcoin non you know. Yeah, I mean uh, XRP Ripple is older than Ethereum. Wow. Yeah. So it says the network's token XRP has a market cap of twenty seven point four billion, but did fall four percent on the day following the news of the hack, according to Coin Market Cap. Some XRP holders are calling for the co-founders to disclose their wallets and holdings in an effort to improve transparency, while others, like the Tony Edwards of the podcast Thinking Crypto, are calling for Larson to, quote, distance himself from Ripple as much as possible. This hack is the largest theft of cryptocurrency in 2024 so far. I like how they had that qualifier in there. And the 12th largest theft of cryptocurrency in recorded history. Wow. Yeah. According to Rekt, a website that tracks uh, Web3 and crypto breaches. Last year, hackers stole about $2 billion in cryptocurrency, but that is all told. That's not all right, at once. Right, not this one is, go. But, yeah, uh, it was 112 mil at once apparently did set some sort of record. Chris Larson, buddy, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got to wonder. You got to wonder. These guys who are like, oh, we're 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 at the vanguard of of crypto and all these other things. Well, why aren't you at the vanguard of I don't know security? Kind of feels bad. He, he just accidentally clicked on one of those uh, Twitter ads about getting your Ethereum uh, gas back. You know, it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Just it, have you? Do you get those? I don't, but I'm I not. I get all the fucking fake crypto airdrops and shit i get those i get the airdrop ones and i get the ones where it's like the founder loves it and it's a photo of elon musk like staring into space and elon musk sticking his finger in a dike (laughs) yeah the the founder loves it 10x today you know something like that it's just like why aren't why aren't real projects uh respected and it's like a, a, obviously like a fucking AI yeah. image oh, yeah. of like Pepe like sitting on a throne and Pepe has three fingers on one hand and six on the other. And yeah, like, that's why. That's why. They're that's why. Yeah. It, yeah. Uh, fucking. Uh, it's baffling. I think yeah. it was, was what I'm coming around Chain to. Chainlink just hit its uh, two year high. Okay. Today, the last time around that Chainlink hit a new high like that was the start of the last bull market. Okay. So we thinking it's, it's we're thinking I'm thinking I'm thinking the the real dumb bullshit. <laughs> it's coming closer. Some something's going to happen. Maybe it's Web three gaming. Uh, oh boy. Was supposed to be the narrative last bull run, but I don't know if that ever really even took off because you yeah. know all those. Uh, I think when Decentraland turned out to be a huge piece of shit is when that kind of that particular bubble. I was trying, I was trying to remember which one it was that like a web journalist, like you know, someone from like Wired or whatever, like went in and it's like, is this like five people? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that might have been it. That might have been Decentraland because there was just video after video, at least on YouTube, of people going in there and be like, "This sucks." Actually, there's no one in here, right? Not only that, but like the use case sucks. There's like nothing yeah, here. Play, play the win is, uh, or play the earn. Well, Axie Infinity went south almost uh, immediately. Yeah, that was a big one. How are all those Filipino men going to get their ankle lengthening surgeries now? Exactly. You got to think about this kind of are stuff. They all gonna, are they, are they going to reach 5.5? 5. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the longest one you got. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, I don't know, man. I, the fact that you know they did the, the, the we had the whole Bitcoin ETF announcement and that 
I didn't really see a lot of movement in the market. A real sell the news kind of event because we got okay. close to 50K and now I think maybe it just reclaimed 40. Oof. I can't remember. Wow. Uh, yeah. Any other asset that does that, I would be out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm <laughs> well, you're just not here to play the long game. I'm not holding. I'm not, you know, I got. I do not have diamond hands. I Believe me, I'm, I'm, my, my I've heard it all. My favorite thing is reading all the people that bought Bitcoin when it hit like 15, 16K. Sure. In November 22, took money from like their parents or something to also invest and be like, I lost all in leverage and my dad thinks he like tripled his money. <laughs> yeah, not great. Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. Um, good job. Good job. <laughs> That's how fucking FTX fucking yeah. crash was fucking around with leverage. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I would ever say is like, you know, if you've got a little bit of play money, if you've got, you know, like if you've yeah, got, you got some, I mean, really, if you've got, if you're trying to turn 50 bucks into 100 bucks. Not going to happen. No. I can. Yeah, but I mean, the odds... Really, with, with mean, any given, with any given, I mean, be honest. Like with you, any, you want my my honest, not financial. Yeah, absolutely not. Opinion? No, obviously nothing in the crypto scandal because ever financial advice. Obviously, we are going to clear ourselves of that. But Ethereum's what like twenty two, twenty three hundred dollars thereabouts. Right yeah. So I would not be amazed if this cycle we saw it hit eight or ten k. Okay, so not Bitcoin itself. There's motherfuckers saying million dollar Bitcoin. Yeah, I know. We, I think I think seventy five is probably the top. If I had to guess, I don't think the money. I don't even think the money is going to come in like that. No, I was going to say even that feels kind of far out of reach. Seventy five, really? When when it hit sixty nine k a couple of years ago, I was going to say it was, was a couple of years ago. Capitalization. I forget how what the market cap was, but it's it the crypto space. It's all fucking hype vaporware yeah. and speculation. Right. So there's really no real use case no. for 90% of all crypto other than it's a casino. Yeah. I can't see it. I can't see it going over 75-ish. That's me. And you know what? We'll be here in 2025. <laughs> I know. And Bitcoin yeah. will be $6 million. Like, well, we were wrong. We were wrong. And guess what? Axie Infinity still ain't shit. No, that's true. That's fair. Yeah. We'll at least have called that one right. Yeah. So if somebody was looking to turn 50 bucks into 100 bucks, you say Ethereum, maybe? I would say, like, don't put any money that you're not willing... Understood. Don't make Understood. yourself uncomfortable by your your uh, your spot buys. No. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but, let's but say a you're retail. Like, somebody who's a retail. Like I, like, I had a coworker ask me about one time. I said, you know what? If you really just want to feel like you're in the action and you don't want to stare at charts all day, go on Binance or Coinbase and just set like a weekly buy for 50 bucks. You know what? If it goes up 30%, that's 30% you didn't have. If it doubles or it triples and, you know, hey, that's cool. Because most of the time, what's going to happen, if you are not someone that like sits, sits at home and watches charts all day between going to the gym and posting photos of like your fucking pre-rolls and shit, <laughs> you are exit liquidity. Yeah. You're, you're the bank small holder, cap, yeah. anything that is not been around for a long time. Like something like Ethereum. Everyone's going to tell you to try and buy something. I don't know. I think the big meme coin right now is pork. <sighs> yeah. yeah. So probably wouldn't buy pork. Yeah. Because you didn't buy it two days ago. Fair. If you buy it now, you'll probably be like someone that bought Grok, which was another meme coin, 
and helped push it to a new all-time high. Mm-hmm. And then all those motherfuckers that bought it like a week or so before you <laughs> just dump on your ass. Yeah. Ethereum, something like Ethereum, has enough volume, enough dilution among people. Okay. So on that if you really just wanted to play again not financial advice right we're talking play money like if you just got money. a couple bucks here and there it's not yeah yeah no. i'm not saying like fucking empty out your 401k god no fucking stupid. yeah no no but if you're thinking like you know what i don't drink that much i ain't going to the bar anymore right what if i wanted the thrill of pissing away money sure and you don't want to go to the casino you just want to do it online sure that makes sense all right good to know Every once in a while, I come into a couple bucks, and I'm I'm always like, oh, should I? Because the last crypto I bought, and I'll be straight up. I mean, I bought sixty nine Dogecoin a couple years ago, and I'm still I'm still holding because like, eh, who cares? I am still pissed that somewhere on a forum that closed down or not forum an exchange, I had like a hundred bucks, bought it on this exchange. Didn't I was stupid, and I know now that that hundred bucks was probably worth like. 20 grand oh and it the exchange closed like oh. six months before i realized what was going on and mm. all the all the fucking hype shit in early 21 yeah all the, yeah all the game stop all the dogecoin thing yeah the, the the game stop the gme everyone thought was gonna moon because of a short squeeze if yeah, i remember I mean, it yeah. did right but a lot of people also lost their entire life savings nine times out of ten mm-hmm. when it comes to investments you were seeing it on fucking Reddit. It's too late. If you're if your fucking hairdresser is talking about it's it, it's too late. Your your dad, <laughs> especially if it's your dad, <laughs> you know. No, I I'm, I've been there. My father in law will be like, "Hey, have you heard about this thing?" And like, "Yeah, don't put money in it." Yeah, and by the time yeah, you if, I, it. if you've heard about it, you <laughs> it's too late. Yeah, it's too yeah. You are exit liquidity. People that. Bought Doge when it was like the TikTok meme. You'll be all buy a hundred dollars of Doge or whatever it was. And yeah, I think with GameStop and Bath and Body Works and oh AMC God, and yeah, it was that, Bath and Body Works. Oh, uh, I think it did show you though that like because the main platform that all was being all those transactions uh, was on was Robinhood. Was Robinhood, yeah. And Robinhood didn't have liquidity to keep up, so they just turned off sales. Yeah, that which was is not what great. fucked a lot of people. Yeah, not great. But also kind of shows you what the investor class thinks of retail. Yes. Very thinks clearly. Of, of yeah. fucking the, you know, the fucking lunch pail guys, the middle management guys. Yeah. That definitely was an eye opener for sure. <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, it was class war. Fuck all yeah. those Reddit nerds because they're fucking Reddit nerds. But I mean, it was still, it was still class. I was to say Reddit aside, it was still retail versus private equity or versus, you know, VC. Yeah. I kind of feel like it was this thing of like, don't fuck with capital. Like that is is how it felt. Absolutely. Oh yeah. yeah. That was the message. Don't don't try and think you can better your life. No. How dare you? How dare you think you can improve your lot in life? How dare you? Yeah. Now go eat this, uh, fucking Jack in the box taco that tastes like cardboard. That is a perfect segue, by the way, to our main topic tonight. Because this blog started up after the 2008 crash of the market. Yeah. The housing crisis crash. I was just, I, oh, the housing. Ah. All the stars are here. <laughs> All the stars. Uh, this time period gave birth to look at this fucking hipster.com. <laughs> because, yes, there was certainly a time period where 
not only making fun of hipsters, but just like making fun of poor people was de rigueur on the internet. I don't know. No, most of the hipsters I knew were fucking rich kids. Yeah, but there was also, you know, people at Walmart. People, I mean, there was a kind yeah. of a... Oh, I get what you're saying. Yes, yes. Um, the kind of like, look at these other assholes. Yeah, I, I guess you're right. With with hipsters, they are definitely more like trust fund kids. But the basic thought of it is like point and laugh. You know, look at this guy. Yeah, look at these assholes. Right. And so this got started by a guy named Joe Mandy. I didn't know anything about this guy until today when I'm doing my research for the show, but apparently uh, he's actually younger than I am, so that's fun. According to uh, the folks at Wikipedia there, he created the website, look at this fucking hipster, L-A-T-F-H.com, in 2009 as a way to help his dad answer the question, is this a hipster? And it became a whole thing. He parlayed this into a successful career. I know the name. I didn't realize this was the, the guy that did uh, look at this fucking hipster. For the uninitiated, Brian, what would you say the site was like? Because this is a, I a, think, a mirror on Tumblr. But So look at this fucking hipster felt like what every key holder and urban outfitters in flyover country thought was hot shit. Okay. I think it became self-aware near the end. Because, yes, it's a mirror now, and I didn't want to try to remember my Tumblr login. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just remember looking at it and being like, these are some really terrible fucking outfits, really tight clothes, stupid fucking pedo mustaches, and yeah. Am Appy, and... Uh, Am Appy. Oh, that's right, because we talked about uh, hipster runoff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. American apparel, for those of you who don't speak uh, 2009. I, you know, was involved in the St. Louis music scene during this time. I was say, you, you've, I'm sure, seen probably the worst version, the worst local version of this. Some of it, yeah. I mean, they, I mean, I, I think of it, I feel like you could go somewhere like Handlebar, and you could tell who worked at Urban Outfitters or who had the money to sure. shop there. sure. Handlebar is, I think, my go-to punching bag. Or Atomic Cowboy. There's a couple bars that, that were are in the Grove yeah. where you would just go and see. But I remember taking my brother one time who hadn't lived in St. Louis since the mid-90s. Yeah, was he living in... Uh, he was, I, he was, I think he was still living in San Francisco. San Francisco, okay, that makes I sense. I can't remember if he was in New Mexico or San Francisco at that time. But he, you know, had not, he hadn't lived in the Midwest for almost 20 years at this point. And we took, I took him to Atomic Cowboy, and people were like still wearing fucking Kanye West shutter shades and shit. And my brother, who's not really a mean person like this, just goes, wow, this looks like the mission in like 2004. Y'all are going to love leather shoes. <laughs> and He's and, not wrong. <laughs> and um, I never understood what he had meant until a couple months ago. Mind you, he said this in like 2011 to me. Yeah. And I didn't realize that he was riffing that St. Louis is so far behind yes. that when leather shoes exist, we're going to lose our goddamn mind. Yes. You know, it's like one of those things where like a, a yes. hair comb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's what is this? this? What's this witchcraft? Yeah. There would be, you know, because I was a nerd on the internet. Sure. And I would be on like forums or on I, I, hipster ICQ, ICQ groups and and very, I thought I was kind of hip for a minute. Well, pro or anti hipster ICQ groups? That's really the question. Um, I, 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 I don't know. It was very <laughs> the fact that it you was couldn't very answer, funny. Really. <laughs> it was very funny being in an ICQ group that was a bunch of people that like worked at Terminal Five, mm -hmm. and we all had one thing in common is that we had something awful accounts, and we posted and posted okay. fizz, which was the pretentious hipster, hipster irony zone. zone. Yes, um, which. 
probably one of the funniest sub forums post FIAD's heyday. Yeah. Probably up there with the peak of YCS. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants to admit it, but YCS had like a, a oh, I want to say about six to 10 months of absolute fucking fire every day. Yeah. And it was just people. I mean, it, God, it, we could talk about that. I, I was going to say, yeah. Why, why see it? Well, it's something awful itself would be like a multi-part series. Cause there's yeah. just so much, so much there. there, but just, uh, yeah, St. Louis is, we have all, we all have the same fucking internet, but yeah. I would see stuff that like internet buddies that lived like in California or in New York city, mm-hmm. I would like see their stuff. And I'd be like, Oh, that's really cool. And I would get like a, I'd be like, Oh wow. Japanese denim. And I would buy a pair of Japanese <laughs> denim jeans and already like, Oh, uh, this shit's a pain in the wa- shit to like wash because you can only wash it so many times and it just smells bad now and and all this stuff raw denim raw denim thinking, okay, like Japanese okay. raw denim I had like you saw the puzzled look on my face so yeah yeah, yeah yeah but I remember like doing stuff like that and people around me being like the fuck Where's the fucking <laughs> fucking yee yee ass jeans you got there <laughs> and then I'm already done with this shit and then everyone's buying fucking you know raw denim right yeah (laughs) yeah and and folding their cuffs up and shit but like i always kind of think of like the peak hipster shit in that style is pretty much yanni wolf okay do you know who i'm talking about no not a clue oh wow that's sad yanni wolf is look hey i was uh i I think yanni wolf uh is known mostly uh, more commonly by people for people like me by his uh his alias y he was one of the co-founders of the influential backpacker hip-hop label, uh, Anticon. The guy that sings like this, and, and it sucks so much that okay. I'm having all these good times in okay. DJ night. I always kind of felt like Yoni Wolf was kind of like the er, like, late aughts hipster okay. to me. Because, like, it's like, I'm, I'm really hip. I got a little beanie. I like going. I like going. I have met him, but at the same time, but yeah, like there is a wise. there is a certain. Yeah. Well, he had that record alopecia. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely fucking amazing. But the thing that gets to me about that record, wait, it's was, a, wait, he was in why? He, he was, is why he is why? Did, so why? I don't his, know Yanni Wolf. I know why, but I have to say Yanni Wolf because people think now it's why the band when I know why. As when a, it was as a, okay, do with a dirt stash from like the Twin Cities. My, my <laughs> frame of reference is strictly why. So okay, it's, it, as but, soon so as you said Alopecia Wolf now, but why right. to me is like a backpacker. See, you see how this is getting stupid. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, but that whole record is basically like, oh wow, it sucks to be like so cool with a DJ night. Yeah, <laughs> like it is yeah. wow, it's really cool. Like living in a really cool neighborhood in San Francisco and having a record label and. <laughs> you know isn't just, just yeah. being just being cool and i like knew people like that where it was just wow i guess it sucks to be like popular kind of thing or like wow yeah like, like what real troubles you have of like being sociable right because that that time period i mean there was also like you had I'm trying to think of like what other groups were, were big, but like a lot of them were like, yeah, living in New York in my shitty apartment is really cool, but also it kind of sucks. Jeez, I mean, I could sit here. Um, Williamsburg is great, I guess. You know, LCD sound system or fuck or, LCD sound system. I'm just using them as an I know, example. I know, but like, I can't, I can't let that hang in the air. Too I'm long. with you on this. Yeah, uh, with the exception of "Dance Yourself Clean," probably the perfect track. But anyway, 
I'd have to go back and look at stuff I photographed at the Firebird in 2010. I'm that what was that duo? It was the guy who used to play in Poison Well and the chick with the bangs, and they had the song "Real Real." Sleigh bells. Ah, yeah, I was almost. There. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sleigh bells, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Like, Post Electro Clash, but not quite. I mean, Black Lips probably a sure. little bit. Maybe we should have done research for this. <laughs> Maybe entirely possible. Entirely you didn't remember possible. what this topic was until I think 10 a.m. this morning. Yeah. Well, you know, <clears throat> <laughs> I got things going on. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> moving big weight down there at the dick sucking. I'm telling you. But I will tell you something here. Yeah. So it's all of this, these really bad outfits. It's clashing colors, loud patterns. It's very ironic. And I think that's yeah. the pervasive thread here is there's irony. Mm-hmm. Even if it's some people are being clever and some people think they're being clever. I hate to say this is like the, the flapper of this particular like financial climate and everything. But this is like decadence. When everything kind of sucks. And it really is a playground for kids that had a little bit more means mm. than, like, say, I did. What always fucking pissed me off as being a, a, a struggling fucking freelance photographer. Right. Was fucking people in these bands, local bands, like, shitting on me, trying to rip me off, stealing my photos, putting them on Facebook and stuff like that. And getting them being the victim. Yeah. And it's like, motherfucker, I'm not a rich kid like you. I don't go to Webster. I don't go to Wash U. Right. Like, I had to, like, drop out of college to work a blockbuster. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Pay me. Yeah. And still, probably until I am now an old shithead, for most (laughs) of my 20s, was always getting looked down on, you know, fucking editors. Do you think I have money? Because I fucking don't. I might as well take a fucking shot in the dark at this idea, at this sure. fucking thing that I feel passionate about, because otherwise it is going back and working at the blockbuster. Right. Whereas so many of these people that like look down their noses at me and, and assume that like, oh, you don't need fucking money. You're just like me. And like, I'm not like you because like I, I have like a fucking I, I respect people. <laughs> and uh, I, I I understand what like people's labor has a value and all that. And so many of those people like you know they're like fucking selling like Nutrisystem or something on Facebook or some shit. Yeah, like, you know they got like some boring fucking job. They're like a VP at some company that mediates like phone time for prisoners or something. You know something very cool and hip. Yeah, absolutely. So the photos, because that's mostly what the website was. It's a photo blog, basically. It's a photo blog. It's a photo blog of some of the worst examples of the hipster phenomenon. But they really <laughs> they, they keep coming back to this one guy. Okay. I now there's Dan Deacon. This. There's Dan, Dan Deacon. Deacon. This is a Dan Deacon concert. And I for my own personal feelings about Dan Deacon, we'll leave that for another time. Uh, don't care for him. But there was a guy in the background of this photo in really tiny underwear, big dude. All right, chubby fella, headband, beard, long hair, sort of balding in the front, and they designated him as Russell, aka Beans. So every I forgot about this. So they would show him often. Here he is again at another show. Big beans. just and it's in the caption like is a, just Beans. What, what Animal House, where a tightly thick music scene where one fucks each other and there's lots of drama. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, what if Animal House was Babe Cave on Cherokee Street? <laughs> well, it's exactly it. They keep bringing this same guy. I don't know if it's actually the same guy, but it looks it looks like the same there was person. A, there was a a type. 
Yeah. Like the lead singer of Less Savvy Fab actually looked like this guy. <laughs> if you remember that, there was I a vaguely the, remember this. It's, it's a, he he kind of looked like the Beans guy. But I mean, you know, it was it was goofy kafia. Well, uh, you know, like, I think and... some of the stuff is a riff, but then I would go to like London Calling. Yeah. Every once in a while, I I did go like three or four times to that or like Dollar Bin. I would see people dressed like that in earnest. Right, so, so it's like, is how much of this is real? That's and my, how much of this is the Midwest just sucks. <laughs> well, that's that too, yeah. Uh, but I mean, if, if you go through the archives, the look at this fucking hipster, and it is, like I said, still available on Tumblr because they made a mirror of it. The Wayback Machine seems to be a little bit easier viewing. Yeah, this is one of my favorite ones. Um, it's it's a guy with a, a big twirly, he, he has the mustache wax, and he's twirled his mustache up, headphones around the neck, he's wearing a beanie, but then you can clearly see he's got coke up his nose. Amazing. And and the caption is, duh, I know I have something up my nose. And that something cost me about 250 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> People making really bizarre fashion choices. Here's a guy in a big faux leather jacket. Mutton chops that connect up to the half goatee. It doesn't have the bottom half. It's, it's one of the least offensive outfits on the site, I would say. But the caption there, the reason I love New York is because it's the only place where a white person like me can dress this way and not get his ass beat, which... Yeah, because this feels like it's probably like the tail end of like indie sleaze and the beginning of landfall indie, when okay. every... Well, know, okay, what's the difference? Because I, 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 Indie I, I, sleaze is like rich kids from New York, you know, the strokes and shit. Okay. The moldy peaches, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's the whole fucking documentary in the book and everything. Landfall Indie was was when was like the last gasp of the old record industry system. Okay. Trying to find relevance, and so just shit out all of these very generic like indie bands that sound like Baby Shambles or whatever. Oh sure. Yeah, you know, some band that would go on. The Racanellis. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, all those kind of bands. God, it was a, like, yeah, from about 2010, 2012, there was a million fucking bands that played the Firebird that, that were interchangeable. Some of them were actually kind <laughs> of good, despite that fact. Right. But a lot were just like, y'all ain't going to survive. Oh, uh, Racanelli's was a pizza place. I'm thinking of the Fratelli's. Fratelli's, yeah. Racanelli's was that pizza place where, like, every girl you knew who always had, like, a permanent hickey on her neck worked Yes, at. yes, yes, yes. I don't know what was up with that, but I was like, always, like, someone that had, like, so you're like, you should go to a Dermot. Oh, no, it's just your boyfriend is up. He ain't shit. <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah, there's a couple kissing in a dumpster. That's pretty... The symbolism is making me so horny. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, three guys, various sweaters and 80s hairdos. You guys, are you worried we might get too much pussy tonight? <laughs> Still, I haven't got to the thing I'm looking for, but I did remember this. This was something that was posted on Thursday, April 15th, and it's a photo of a man in, in short running shorts and a green ringer tee with <laughs> oh, greasy yeah. long hair, and he's wearing, like, it looks like some Vans or some skate shoes, and he's playing ping pong, and it's the kind of photo from this period of time that I fucking hate. Yeah. Because to get that sort of, like, shadow and definition, you got to fire, like, $3,000 worth of fucking flashes. Ugh. Which is, like, is a, it's basically saying I have all this gear to make a foe that looks like it's HDR, but it isn't. It looks like shit, yeah. Yeah. That was the fucking style for, like, two years. One of the worst times for portrait photography. Mm. I remember seeing a photo one time on Flickr, and we're waiting for this page to load, of a fucking hipster-type-looking guy with, like, a bowling ball, and he's kind of got up up towards his face 
And the photographer, I remember her detailing all of the different flashes and the modifiers. And it was like, like, yeah, we've got like three flashes just on the bowling ball, just to get that bowling ball right. And I'm like, maybe just learn how to take a good photo. <laughs> uh, not even going to describe it. Just y'all just have to think about it. Yep. What was it? Theater of the mind. Theater of the mind. This is. I know this is a. This is not a visual uh, medium here. You are welcome to click along. By the way, look at this fucking hipster All the posts are mirrored there, uh, for some godforsaken reason. Mm. All right. So here we go. I'll Set just, this up for me. The foe here is a guy with a mustache mm-hmm. holding a gun by the stock okay. with the butt in the air. And it looks like he's on a country road. Yeah. He's wearing a red plaid shirt. A, a, a with flannel his, with the sleeves rolled up. Yeah. A flannel, which was a style at the time. Mm-hmm. With, a, <laughs> with the onion on your belt, which was the style at the time. With a, uh, a clashing red and blue horizontally striped shirt underneath. All I can think of is Freddy Krueger when I see that, but but go on. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Freddy Krueger's red and green. Oh, that's true. It's red and blue. You're right. Okay. But yeah, anyway. I, I, <clears throat> um, anyways. Skinny wearing, jeans. Wearing what we, was, what we would still have called girl pants. Yes. And a pair of black. They're either like they're low docks. boots. They're docks. Okay. Because you can you look at the sole. It's, that those are docks. He's on a country road, it looks like. And the caption is, let's go shoot us some tofu turkey. Yeah, Tofurkies. Yeah, <laughs> that is not a real so, gun. So by there the way. was that's a that's a BB gun. It's it's all it proportionally. Is, it, now that I look at it, yes, it's yeah, too it's, small to be. It's, it's one of those air air. Yeah, yeah. He's holding a a firearm for for children that can't be trusted. <laughs> and, is and this is the I caption. I want to say it was April 2010. Uh huh. There was a band playing at the Firebird called "The Song Is the Rainbow." Okay. Yeah. There are a bunch of weirdos from like somewhere else in the Midwest, like Omaha, probably Ohio, because every weird ass band comes from Ohio. Like every like genuinely strange and bizarre band that's not trying to be edgy, they're just yeah. weird. Yeah. Comes from Ohio. Yeah. Guided by Voices. The Guided breeders, by Voices. Devo. Pixies, Breeders. Uh, DRI. That tracks. Yeah. Gil Mantera's Party Tree. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> They grew them weird out there, is what they you're saying. They grew them because yeah. well, it's like uh, I once uh, a guy who did sound at the Firebird named Gary once said Ohio must be like the Iceland of oh, America. Yes, because yes. all of the really weird shit comes from there because there probably ain't shit to do. All you can do is be weird because there's yeah. there's no culture except the shit that you and your friends make together. Well, Dayton like entirely is like the birth of a lot of indie stuff because it was just like, well, there's nothing to do. Yeah, there there ain't shit. Anyways, <laughs> I'm at the bar with Josh, who was this guy who bartended there. He's like, hey, isn't that guy playing bass look real familiar? No. <laughs> and he guy? pulls up. He pulls up. He had an iPhone. He's yeah. One of the first people I knew to have very, an iPhone. Very, very rare, yeah. And he goes on. Look at this fucking hipster. And he shows me this. And I kid you not, that guy is on stage wearing the exact same fucking shirt. Oh, man. Was the band any good? They were great. Okay. Well, there you go. I have a really great photo of him playing. And the way I hit it with the shutter is his hair is in motion, but his face is frozen. Okay. He's got his, his teeth gritted and his lips out. 
So his hair is just is like this big, massive. He's got big ass hair. Yeah, this big, massive, hairy blur, and his lips and his face is covering his eyes, and that stuff's in focus. It's sharp or relative or sharp enough. And I was like one of my favorite photos I had taken for a long time. But after the set, that dude's up at the bar, and Josh says something <laughs> like, "So uh, how are you good bagging them tofu turkeys?" And he just goes, "Oh fuck, man." Oh and, no! And I remember he, he's like, "Dude, I was like at a friend's place for like Thanksgiving or something." It was like some story like oh, my friend took a photo of me, and he thought it was just this innocent thing, and he thought it would be funny to submit it to this website. Oh no! And uh, got by a friend. Yeah, it was like Ugh. it was like some thing. Like it was like literally like I was hanging out with a friend, and he took my photo, and then later thought, you know what? But yeah, dude was wearing the exact same fucking shirt. That's amazing. Yeah, I had forgotten all about that until we were. Uh, I was. I, I had given this. This. I was doing my research for this. And, yeah. And now there was a book, right? There was and a if book. If we had properly done our research, maybe one of us would have a copy. Well, uh, I swear somebody got this for me once upon a time. I because at the time when the book came out, I don't know if I was necessarily in that mode. Because, I mean, this is about the time when, and I was still in a band, so I I knew a lot of these types of people. Yeah. So the book came out, 2010, it says. It, not great. It's just a collection of the photos from the blog, really. Yeah. And, you know, it's 208 pages, 400-ish photos, uh, if you're going two photos, because, you know, you get a, a photo on each side. I don't know if they included a lot of text in it, but the back really killed me. The uh, It defines hipster as hipster, noun, an unemployed city-dwelling narcissist with a penchant for bad clothes, organized kickball, and daytime cocaine who works very hard to appear carefree. <laughs> Look at this fucking hipster is defined on this as a website born in April 2009 devoted to exposing, mocking, and celebrating hipsters as modern-day clowns. And then the pull quotes that they included on the back. Here's what fans have to say. Quote, your website is completely validating and really funny. Please never stop doing what you're doing. Here's another quote. One of your fucking hipsters is a good friend of mine and a beautiful person. You shit birds can eat a fucking bag of dicks. Um, here's another one. Haha. Listen, I'm the guy from yesterday's picture. Listen, I don't give a fuck about the picture being up there. I think the whole website is funny as shit four slashes just let me know who sent the picture in so if it's a chick i can try to tap that buttski utski amazing <laughs> so yeah saint yeah. martin's what, what do you this. think was was the peak of this this type of hipster was it pomplamoose yeah that would definitely millionaires high, uh, yeah see that, that see that feels like electro clash that feels like earlier but i don't know like it's it's i mean the millionaires I photographed them at, yeah, it was Warped Tour 2009. Yeah, so it's I about got that, that okay. famous photo of Melissa Marie's butt. <laughs> to, and, and she's so, responded to that, right? She said, like, yeah, no, uh, I have I have a signed copy, actually, <laughs> if you can believe it. So they performed at the Firebird one time with someone who's really terrible, and it was also a gay pride weekend. Okay. And so it was like a lot of really drunk gay men being mean. To oh the boy! Point where I think it was Mickey Avalon. Okay, was the headliner to the point where Mickey Avalon had to be like, "Can you guys what stop the fuck? being so yeah. shitty to the each hell? other?" Like, it was just—it was really—it was 
more aggressive than some hardcore shows I've been to. And it was dudes with glitter and their with their chest hair out. It was a really mean, like it was like caddy. Caddy, like yeah. like aggressive. Like I remember going outside just to get away from it, and other people who were there were just like, This crowd seems like it's gonna start a hate rally. Hostile. Hostile. And yeah. it's like Mickey Avalon, which is like, Oh, my friends did Coke, but I'm alive. I'm gonna do some Coke because I'm alive. It's like a guy telling you like the worst night of his life, but then he's like, Yeah, but you know what? Like, I gotta see some titties. And right, like, with this like, like pop uh poptimism thing going on no yeah. it's really just like i'm such a huge shithead i'm gonna die young but unfortunately mickey avalon's still alive so he didn't really <laughs> it's really like live fast die young kind of shit but also like failed to live up to this mickey come on yeah but millionaires were on that tour and bert i told bert about this like i'm gonna get her to sign that photo and he's like you think she's not gonna freak out I'm like no i know she likes the photo right so we knock on their tour van and two of them at this time come out. And I think it's their tour manager. I'm like, hey, I took this photo of you a couple of years ago and I uh, I think you really like it. And she's like, okay. And I open up the box that came in and it's the photo. And she goes, oh my fucking God, you're the person who took this photo. I'm like, yeah. She gives me a big old fucking hug. And she's like, this is, and I, I'm like, yeah, I got a copy that I want to send to a friend. If you want a copy to keep for yourself, that's fine. She's like, oh, this is so sweet. Thank you. She signed my copy, signed one for a friend of mine. I, I think I made her fucking week. Yeah. That was the only highlight of that show. <laughs> like the millionaire set was fun. But like, again, the crowd was just so aggro for a bunch of guys with their nails done. Yeah. Really? I cannot. I cannot stress enough humble folks listening to this podcast just how angry and mean this crowd was for mickey avalon which is a guy that if you gave him too strong of a soda he might die if you he could not <laughs> he, his he, his health looks so frail he's a frail man if you yeah. gave if you let him drink the fizz off a poured can of jolt that man might be in the er by the end of the night not an alpha is what you're saying yeah he's saying that guy looked that guy was hard living yeah when you see someone that has like an Iggy pop body and it's not because they go, they work out. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A very specific type of guy. So Joe Mandy, the guy who created look at this fucking hipster parlayed this into an insane career. I have to do the rundown here. This is just baffling to me. I did not know any of this until today. He was a writer for the final three seasons of parks and recreation. He appeared in seven episodes as a character named Morris. He wrote for Kroll show. And the Adult Swim series Delocated, sorry, John Glazer, my guy. He was a producer for Master of None. He had a small role in James Franco's The Disaster Artist, the movie about the movie The Room. And he also wrote for The Good Place. That's fucking insane. Isn't it? And in 2017, he got a Netflix comedy special called Joe Mandy's award-winning comedy special. So the fact that he's still around, still doing stuff and... Yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him, but like... What a weird way to jumpstart your career, uh, <laughs> making fun of from New Mexico. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was born in New Mexico. Uh, grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, so, do you think he was the guy that told Aziza Sari to beg that girl for pussy? Oh man, it wouldn't surprise me. But you know, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, he's the greatest troll in the world, <laughs> destroying your. Yeah, man, chicks really like it when you beg for it. Yeah. <laughs> That was the like, worst advice I ever Don't be like aggressive or anything. Just kind of be like a little dumb. Just come be on. like, come on, a little crumb of pussy. 
Come on. Come on. A little bit. Of po- you know, don't even say just a tip. I just want to smell it. Come on. I just want to smell it. <laughs> anyway, Joe Manny. What- Jesus, sorry. Just- Come on. My tummy hurts. My tummy hurts. Yeah, Let me yeah. get some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's just such a fucking weird, you know. <laughs> fucking Jesus, sorry. So the uh, look at this fucking hipster Instagram page was still active up until a couple of years ago. The last post was Corona related. It was I have the original coronavirus, not one of these variants. It's a guy with a twirly mustache and he's wearing a bow tie and a terrible neckline, a ridiculous shirt and suspenders. It's just it's one of those things where it's like hey, it kind of it wore itself out. That's not a great riff. No, I mean there's nothing there there like it was very easy 2009 2010 to be like hey check this guy out what a dipshit hey i bet he says the word beans real funny and then that was it yeah i mean i mean it was so much easier back then if you wanted like a a tweet to go viral you just have to say something like i've have diarrhea i've yeah i've have uh, diarrhea and you spell it wrong yeah that was (laughs) Or, or you know, you you'd get a bunch of people to say like I'm gay and I love to crap, and that was <laughs> and that was what you did on. Oh Twitter. yeah, people don't remember that like some of the original first like big hashtags for like weird Twitter <laughs> were things like ominous events. Yeah, it's a teen thing. Yeah, and my personal favorite, Israel does not have a right to exist. Ahead of its time. All right, Brian, you ready to see something gross? And now the moment you've all been waiting for. JPG. Actually, you know what's funny is like this is not even that gross. It's just funny. And okay. I think that's what makes it a, a pretty decent shock.jpg. This one is called Pork Spin, Brian. Mm-hmm. Not to be confused. This is legally distinct. Legally distinct from Meat Spin. Now, it does share a number of similarities. You're familiar with uh, Meat Spin. Those of you in the listening mm-hmm. audience hopefully are aware of it as well. If you didn't, I'm sorry you didn't have high school friends that hated you. Exactly right. <laughs> it's uh, anal sex happening, and someone's penis is rolling around, flopping, and then every it was a counter. There was a counter that went around, and it was like it counted the spins. Uh-huh. Uh, Meatspin.com became a whole thing. There was a Meatspin network, but this was its own thing. Now, according to the Screamer Wiki. Created 2016 by an unknown user, it is still online today, so you can still find porkspin.com. It is exactly what it sounds like. It's a guy's hog spinning around real fast. Here's the uh, the web archive version of it, because this one actually has the right music. The text on the site, hey, and then the, the smiley face with the, you're cute. It's the same audio from Meat Spin. Which is you spin me right round by dead alive. It's a rather muscular dude standing in he's front got of some a cum gutters. He really does. He's also got these really massive pecs. Bald guy. He's saying something in super fast motion to the camera, but he really is just spinning his dick around like a helicopter, and it counts the spins rather quickly. You're We're already forget- up to 130. You're also forgetting that. Within this animation, the words, you are gay, appear. Oh, no, I was getting there. <laughs> yeah, about about every 40 or 50 spins, the big text goes, you are gay. Uh, <laughs> it comes right out to the camera. Yeah, it, 
of all the shock sites we've talked about, this one is probably by far like the least offensive. Like it's not shocking in the way that you know the homo or or you know yeah. even big bag is. Oh, they're gay. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, that's a joke. They're gay. Yeah. Uh, as of right now, we are already at 250 spins, and it will continue to climb as long as you leave the site open. The whole reason it's a shock site is just because you would trick people into doing it. You'd be like, oh, man, check this out. Look at this documentary about the pork industry, porkspin.com. <laughs> or whatever it was, you know, whatever way you could get people to click on it. I always thought meat spin was at least a little bit more offensive because at least it showed, like, penetration. Yeah, there was a lot more going on. Yeah. But there was also one of the people in it was wearing garters. This weird implied, like... It was one of them trans. I don't know because you never uh, see anything hi, above the, the waist. The trans are at it again. They're spinning their meat. <laughs> They're spinning their hi, meat. Hi. <laughs> Get over here. Get over here. <laughs> They're playing that damn song from the eighties again. I sure hope they don't influence our children. Maybe meat spin was uh, on a net negative bad for society. I would love to see someone go on like Fox News and be like. And why don't you understand? I saw a little website called Meat Spin. This is what they're they're trying to teach our children to swing their meat. <laughs> oh man, that would be such a great troll if somebody could get booked on like Fox News or like some some right wing outlet and just be like, if you don't believe what's happening to the meat with Joe Biden, you just go to porkspin.com and you're gonna show all the you're gonna see all the all the real facts that we got there. That would be fun. I'd like to see that. What if you showed Joe Biden pork spin? <laughs> oh, oh, you should see you should see this this uh you should see this Corvette that my grandpa restored. That's a long car. My dad liked cars. Boy, my dad could drive a car. Yeah. <laughs> boy, my dad. Boy, my dad could suck a cock. Yeah. <laughs> my dad liked them long and hard too. He was a big big cock man. He liked the he liked the 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 the, the fella. What's his name? Uh, Ron Jeremy, like the Ron Jeremy videos you used to see. I asked a coworker the other day, what's the gayest thing you've ever done for pussy? What's the gayest thing you've ever done for pussy? And he he gave it a thought. Okay. There's a couple of uh, threesomes I've done with a buddy of mine okay. on a girl. They were probably a little fruitier than they needed to be. As in like just balls touching or like how far I are we going? I did not inquire. Okay. I, was gonna right, let right. This, I, was, I wasn't going to. No, yeah. You don't I wanna... wasn't going to put this man in the corner. I was just going to yeah. let him. I was going to let him say what he had to say. Fair enough. Fair enough. You know, I'm like, oh, okay. And he's like, yeah, he's going on and on. He's like, you know, I mostly just about banging chicks with another dude. I'm like, okay. I was like, go like kind of dig his little hole here. And like, just give me a lot of information. Okay. And uh, he pauses. He goes, I don't know, Brian. What's the gayest thing you've ever done for pussy? I just look at him and go, that's easy. Vote. Oh! <laughs> 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 Woo! I got to say, probably going to see Moulin Rouge opening night. That was the gayest thing I've done for pussy. God, I didn't I... even get the pussy either. It was just the most disturbing part of it. But uh, yeah, you know. Now I gotta really think about this, Ernest. What's the gayest thing you've done for pussy? Yeah, Give us a call three one four two four six nine seven six six. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us what the gayest thing you've ever done for pussy. <laughs> Man, I gotta really think. I've done a lot of stuff for just a whiff of it. Just to yeah, just to just, be in the same room. Just be in the same yeah. room. I uh, 
<laughs> Look, I've been there. <laughs> you were talking. You were talking last week about like, oh yeah, you know, it was this dirt bag, and I had zero game. I had well, all. I had, sorry, nothing, sorry. I had very nothing. little going for me. You had very somehow. little going for you, but you had so much game. I was the opposite. I had nothing going for me and zero game, and it was just it was. I yeah, like you got like a lovely wife now. Like, yes, but when I was younger. No Riz, nothing. I had like, hey, you want to hear about Babylon Five? Fucking nothing. I had. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was bad, man. I was down fucking bad. I'm just saying, like, there. We I'm ever... trying. I'm trying to think. That's all right. That's a hook for next week. Think it about a it. Hook for next week. Think, think about thing it. I've, besides voting, <laughs> yeah. I've, besides the obvious, I've done so many things. You know what? It'll be like one of those things where, like, I'll be like going through like spotify or something and like see a band i haven't listened to for a minute and all of a sudden i'll like remember yeah you'll have a, um, a, a spree discovery yeah you'll have that like become a music photographer yeah, yeah okay <laughs> all right <laughs> was it really was that to impress a check was that the no whole no. no but okay <laughs> so this isn't like uh this is not like going along the lines of the gayest thing you ever done for pussy but i will say one of the funnier things about being who I was 10 or so years ago is that like, I would just be like at a bar, mind my own business. And I would have like no people there at the show. They were just like really trying hard to pull. Yeah. And like, I would just be at the bar and like some girl with like an asymmetrical haircut would come up to me and be like, Hey, what's up? And I'd be like, hi. And then like, that's how it would happen for Jesus, me. Jesus, man. Yeah. Like I, like I literally would just be like thinking about like, a time I had soup that was too hot. And like <laughs> and, and across the room, there's some girl. There's like, some girl. I, he must like be a, mine. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. Just some girl with like a tattoo of a teapot on her arm. It's <laughs> like I want to talk to that guy who looks like a goldfish out of water. Just you know, just taking deep yeah. breaths. Yeah, <laughs> just really I, struggling to stand up. He's so drunk. That's the guy I want to talk to tonight. I've been in bands with guys, and I still don't understand how they did what they did. Like, I, I will look at them and go, literally nothing about you, because you know, I'm I'm one of those people who's like, I can see how so and so's like. I'll I'll watch a movie. I'm like, I, oh, like, I, I had like friends grow up. I was like, yeah, I I completely understand the hierarchy of like of like life and like popularity, like why my friend is is drowning in it yeah we were talking about last week about about the sopranos and stuff and like that's one thing that always got me is like every woman in that show and in real life wants to fuck tony soprano (laughs) and it's true well he's like confident and i think that's part of it i think he's confident and like he, he he comes off like he knows what he wants and i can do things for you fair enough he is a provider. Yeah. The provider is usually just like yelling at you for asking him questions. <laughs> There's that too. Yeah. It's always a weird. Whoa, with all the questions. Yeah. Well, speaking of Tony Soprano, it's time for the breath mint. It's time for your mom's favorite part of the show. It's time for the breath mint. Speaking of a man who got a lot of pussy. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys making some progress there with the with yeah, uh, there? we're on season five okay okay um i enjoyed season four quite a bit a lot oh, yeah. more than season three season three really felt like some i i don't know the f- there's some high points in season three but overall it was it's definitely really weak i mean season two is not necessarily like a standout either and season one's got a couple issues season one definitely just feels like a fox show without the filter 
it feels like because if I remember correctly, they pitched it to Fox, mm-hmm. and which and, makes sense then. Yeah, so, so if I remember correctly, they they pitched it to a network, and so they were still thinking in terms of like a network show. And then when they started to break out, that's when you got some of the the weirder stuff, you know, season two's ending. Sure. And you got some of the, the more experimental things. I mean, the season two ending with Big Pussy is, right. I still think, probably my favorite. It's a highlight. Much. No, no, no question. Yeah, it's it's absolutely like. Just, you know, uh, anyways, four bucks a pound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just uh, surreal. Surreal, uh, but poignant. Yeah. They were shoot. They were swinging for the fences, and and they hit more times than they missed. Oh, absolutely! And season, I mean, season three's got some good stuff, and season four, I just felt like a lot of stuff was coming together. Like mm-hmm. it was, it felt like there was a a goal, like yes. that they knew where this series was going. Now that is definitely there's like a lot lack of focus that happens in season three, and then by the time they hit four, and then the middle part of five, you're like, okay, there's an endpoint coming, and we're getting there. It's coalescing. It it took a little while to get there, but now we're now we're rolling. The way season four ended was just Loved White it. Caps. Wow. I mean, I I had known for years that White Caps is supposed to be one of the best episodes of the show. But that's you can know it, but then experiencing it and and like really digging into that moment. So of, many chickens coming home to roost. Tony really getting a taste of his own medicine. Carmela speaking up for herself and like uh, taking her own power back and like all this shit happening all at once and all because he's trying to recapture something from his own youth of his parents having a place right some vacation house yeah and, and it it backfires so spectacularly that it infects the rest of the show that and then um I don't know what the name of the episode is Tony tries to get closure with Christopher by giving him on a silver platter who he thinks killed his killed uh, Christopher's father. Yeah. Okay. You're getting somewhere. Is this catharsis? Not really, you know, cuz it oh, just really. Yeah, and you think did that guy really kill his Probably dad? not. Yeah. Probably not. It it was probably exactly like the guy said when Christopher confronted him where it was like, "Oh, who who do you work for? This is a hit, you know, like that kind of thing." And it probably was closer to that. Because of the structure of the show, we don't really know, and all we're really given is how it affects them, and that's fine, because I think that works on so many levels further down. So, fantastic. Season four has some of the strongest moments outside of maybe the latter half of season six. And now we're a couple episodes in the season two. We had the bear episode, Mm. which feels a little funny, but... It's kind of weird. (laughs) It's kind of like, okay. And also Tony uh, torturing the lawyer. Oh, God. Yeah. With Dean Martin. <laughs> He's sitting outside. I grew up with that record. My my Aunt Carol, her girlfriend, I did not know it was a girlfriend at the time. Uh, I just thought they, oh, roommate. they lived, yeah, they're a roommate. Uh, but they, they had that live Dean Martin record. And <laughs> it's, I was like, oh, I know that record. Amazing, and I hate that record because it's really it's Dean Martin at his sloppiest, and he's playing it outside the house all day and night. Beautiful. They let it roll over the credits, and so it's just this cacophony of really bad riff. riff yeah, Dean Martin trying to riff when he's hosed. Yeah. Anything else you've uh, been up to aside from Sopranos? Still playing the finals. Okay. The game that you've 
apparently moved on. From Not that. necessarily. I I don't pick it up as often because I have a lot of things. Uh, tomorrow comes out the uh, Persona 3 Reload. So I'm finishing up Persona 5 Tactica before that. So kind of got that focus. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Finals, it's a fun one to jump into. I've still got it on the PlayStation. If I want to jump into a round, I will. You know, like yeah. a couple, you know, half hour here or there. So you're getting into it. I, I really, I really enjoy. It. I think there's still some balance issues, but the one thing I don't like that's changed since I first started talking about it is that they changed the auto aim mm. or the aim focus, I should say, for a lot of the guns because it used to be you could keep like a pretty consistent bead, not too different than like uh, Call of Duty, like uh, Warzone. Warzone, yeah. Aim assist on controller now is basically not existent for a lot of the guns. Um, mm. Most of the guns for the medium class, some of the guns for the light class still fucking are, are fly traps, hmm. which is fucking weird. And a couple guns are a little bit weaker for the heavy, but the, the medium class really got nerfed. And I was going to say, I wonder if that was to encourage people to play light. I don't know. Light class still sucks. I've, I've, I've played against some people as that were light class and that were just too fucking good and then you find out some of them were probably hacking yeah because there was like something you could do where you could get your melee weapon to go faster than it was supposed to mm. which i never could figure out like why is this guy killing me so fucking quick and i can't hear him and so on so mm. on but um I, I think it's fun um i i hope there's more maps i i would say if you're gonna pick it up after you've kind of gotten your your uh your gravity of it your handle of it hmm. um the real good gameplay the good matches are tournament mode oh okay because the other the two like quick play modes yeah man it's real it's real dicey if you're going to get steamrolled or if it's going to be a fun game or you're going to be the steamrollers <laughs> tournament is people definitely playing a little bit smarter it's a little bit more competitive that's a little bit more sweaty controller type stuff that i enjoy um they also just debuted a mode called steal the spotlight which is a it's one player teams so it's like you and eight other people okay on the worst map in the game vegas i like vegas i think vegas sucks and you're all heavies and you got weird loadouts and it kind of works but it's like a death match it's like uh, it's like playing quick cash. Okay. But it's one player teams and it's nighttime and you're all ha- you all have basically the same loadout, mostly speaking. And I played a couple. It just came out today. I just played. I played a couple of quick games before um, I came over here, and I'm okay at this game. I like to think, but it took like the third match before I actually like cashed out. Oh really? Cause like you're, you're heavy, you're really slow. And obviously I'm playing against people that have probably been sitting around playing all day and I just got off work. So on, so on. Um, but it's, it's a fun little distraction. Like it, I think they're trying to figure out how they can do like a kind of a overwatch thing as far as like extra game modes. And they're trying to see what yeah. sticks. Um, but though the game's a little limited and I wish it just like, I would rather just pay 50 bucks and have normal unlocking yeah, instead of this freemium shit, um, which I hate. Like, just let me, let me, let me buy the game 
yeah. that have unlocked yeah. trees for stuff for cosmetics and whatever. I don't. I hate this shit where it's like, well, there's three different currencies. And, yeah, but then, 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 so like, I know people who got way into Gundam Evolution, and they they paid for Gundam Evolution, mm-hmm. and then the game shut down within six months. So it's sure. like you run that risk, right? So who knows? Uh, it's a fun game. Like I pick it up, I play a couple rounds, and I go do something else. Um, it's I pick it up every couple days, and it's it's fun. It's not. I, I wish there was more to it, but I don't really got anything. Well, I mean, we all we all came to the chalet and watched Royal Rumble. Yes, we did watch Royal Rumble last <laughs> Saturday. Probably one of the better women's Royal Rumbles in a while. That was the highlight of the night. Got to be uh, honest. Yeah, I mean, the the women's Royal Rumble is almost always the highlight. I think the last good men's Royal Rumble was probably probably twenty twenty. Oh wow! Right, it was the last pay per view before the pandemic started, sure. I believe. You had Jordan Grace from Impact, Impact. as a as a, what they would call a forbidden door entrant. <laughs> they had a couple people from NXT, some people from NXT who just recently got called up the main roster. I think like what really got people was Naomi being there, starting yes. off the starting off the match. Jordan Grace, I think everyone was pretty much pissed that Nia Jax was there. <laughs> WWE has such a strong women's roster, mm-hmm. and the men's roster is just like a newer young guys who don't really have the it factor mm-hmm. and then you have a bunch of older guys who do have the it factor they're not too old to do <laughs> shit like well randy orton wasn't in the rumble but you've got guys like randy orton sure um the the men's rubble just just didn't have a lot going for it not a lot no. of good surprises um i honestly like it wasn't my favorite pay-per-view but it was fun i would have gladly gotten rid of that kevin owens <sighs> logan paul or whichever paul brother it is yeah match. logan paul yeah. i would have gladly take gotten rid of that and had like another woman's match or something or something yeah but yeah royal rumble was a good time it, your, overall your, your wife i think uh I didn't realize your wife was going to be so scandalized by by people throwing fake punches at each other. <laughs> yeah, my wife did take it very seriously. Well, I mean, she broke her arm. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, she thought that Bailey really was oh. in trouble there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, thought Cancelary broke her arm. Yep. But it was fun. It was good. Like it was good hanging out with all y'all, and I appreciate you hosting. And D and I had a great time. What really blew my mind is that my my daughter was into it, and I did not think. I mean, she's you know she's what you would think of as like an art kid. Like, yeah, she, she asked us to dye her hair a couple weeks ago. She's, she's got that big pink hair. Yeah, she was mostly like doodling, you know, her uh, has been hotel uh, fan art, but she was also look up and be like, "Holy crap!" And and you know, she's uh, <laughs> she's never seen wrestling, much less a. a, a big you know pay-per-view like that and um, that was really amusing to me was that she was way more into it than i thought my son was which amused me to no end i was like yeah well i guess that makes sense Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and uh yeah because what's funny is by the time the ladies royal rumble part was over the kids and my wife basically all just said, you know, we're going to, we're going to go do something else. <laughs> and so Which just, is probably the move. Honestly. Yeah. They didn't miss anything, but uh, it was a good time. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, yeah. for, for hanging out. So other than that, what, what else has been up with you? That's really about it there. Chief, what about you? What's going on with you? I see you got a couple of things on I the board. I do. Um, I uh, read 
the entirety. I'm, I'm reading a lot of books this year, which is really surprising. I, this is third. my, I know, this is my third or fourth book so far this year in January just ended. So I, I finished Chuck Tingle, author of the Pounded in My Butt by My Butt series. Uh, <laughs> and now his first foray into non-pounding in the butt uh, fiction called Camp Damascus. It's about a young woman who apparently has gone to a gay conversion camp, but she doesn't remember it. There's something sinister is happening with this gay conversion camp, and, and it's really a really breezy read, you know, to 250, 300 pages, somewhere in there. Pretty slim volume, but still really engaging. Really enjoyed his style. And then uh, I'm trying to finish up Persona 5 Tantica before Persona 3 Reload comes out which is tomorrow, so I don't know if that's going to happen. It's the same cast from Persona 5, and you're doing it in kind of the XCOM, in kind of the Mario Rayman Rabbids um, style. It's uh, pretty forgiving, thankfully, because I'm not really good at tactics games. This is maybe the second one I've played ever, Final Fantasy Tactics being the other one. Uh, No, sorry, three. Fire Emblem Three Houses was the okay. only other tactic. So I'll say Final Fantasy Tactics, the one on PlayStation, yeah, is rough. Final Fantasy Tactics Advance is actually a really great game. I haven't played that one. That one's really fun. I got like two thirds through it, and I end up giving it back to my friend that lent it to me. But I wish I had finished it. But what it reminded me was like, oh, this is just like a great, straightforward, like Japanese strategy game, and um, the closest thing. I could relate it to was like playing like Vandal Hearts, which is one of the classic. Okay, I played that too. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's probably that's one of my favorite. Like, it's great, except um, for the weapon breaking thing, and I, I I can never handle that in RPGs, especially something like that. Yeah, it's not my favorite mechanic, but like you know when you would kill a guy <laughs> and there's just be like the fountain of polygonal blood. And stuff yeah, and, love it. So Persona Five Tactica keeps a lot of that really insane visual style that that Persona Five has. But it's in this very, what they used to call super deformed or SD, but now you would just call chibi style. Yeah. There's these big maps and you're, you know, it's, it's, it's very much a tactics game with Persona 5 kind of haphazardly bolted onto it. But there's still some of the same stuff. You know, you're fusing demons, you're doing, you know. It's very short because I'm most of the way through it now and I've only spent about 20 hours on it, about, about to the end. Definitely a, a get in on a discount kind of game. And then the other thing that I've been burning through, Showtime gave one of the Safdie brothers and Nathan Fielder a bunch of money to do a show. And what they came out with was called The Curse. It is a Lynchian nightmare, but in the most banal... You're talking about, look at this fucking hipster. These two characters, played by Nathan Fielder and Emma Stone, who are the main characters in the show, they're like those people in the present day, trying to make a show about real estate. Everything on paper about this show sounds like it should be the most boring fucking thing in all of existence. Like, There's yeah. nothing in here that sounds exciting. But what really sells it is, A, Emma Stone swings for the fences, as always. Nathan Fielder is paralyzingly awkward. There's nothing, about, <laughs> there's nothing in his character, because he's not playing himself. He's actually playing someone other than Nathan Fielder, the character. He's playing this neurotic guy who's trying to help 
the girlfriend slash I can't remember if they're married or not, but the, the, he's trying to help the the girlfriend slash wife get this TV show off the ground, which is about they're rehabbing these homes in a small town in in New Mexico. The first scene in the show is they're telling a resident of this town called Española, which always it's like okay, that's the name of the <laughs> town, huh? They're telling this this resident of the town Española that you know they're he, this guy he's down on his luck, you know he hasn't been able to hold a steady job. Well, we got you a job at this new coffee house. We're the landlords in this strip mall that this coffee house is going into. And we got you this job. And then the the mother who's sitting next to the guy is not reacting. And so they kind of go, well, can we get her to cry? (laughs) (laughs) And so it's this really odd show within a show. It's it's very, very hard to describe because it's so many layers and so many things are kind of piling on top of each other. But as you go through the show, you get this feeling like everything that you're seeing is someone else watching them do the show that they're making. There's a moment where you're following the Emma Stone character walking down the street, and then you can see the interior of the car where the camera is, as though it's someone in the neighborhood just filming them in their car. It has a lot of stuff going for it. It's it's surreal at some points because all the houses that they're building in this small little neighborhood are mirrored. So like all the exterior is this mirrored surface. Again, I, I'm, I'm episode five, and I think it's maybe eight episodes long. Each one drags to the point where you're just engrossed. It doesn't drag in the way that like a really boring thing does, but it's just it's slow on purpose. It's pulling you in. You got some great cameos. Uh, Corbin Burnson. <laughs> Corbin Burnson plays Emma Stone's dad. The one main plot point about the Nathan Fielder character is that he has a micropenis. <laughs> and so the Corbin Burnson character is like, yeah, you know, uh, he's tell- talking about tomatoes and about how, like, yeah, you know, the grape tomatoes, they, they taste just as good and they're just a little smaller. And then he turns to this, yeah, you know, it's like us. We're we're grape tomato brothers. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so insinuating that the dad has a tiny dick too. Like just... uh, the one Safety brother who I can never remember which one it is, but uh, the one Safety brother is in it as the producer of the show that they're making. Ah, it's deep and dark and real fun, and and I hope I hope something else comes of it. I don't know how it ends yet, so I can't really say, but. I'm hopeful that something else can kind of come out of this collaboration because Safdie's made one of my favorite movies the past couple of years, Uncut Gems. Fielder made one of my favorite TV shows the past couple of years, which was The Rehearsal. So this is kind of like a match made in heaven for me. This is like, yes. This yeah, is, I've, yeah. I've heard good things. <laughs> uh, what channel is it again? Showtime has Showtime. it. Showtime, wow. Uh, <laughs> the, good, good luck on getting me to watch that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, the last good thing Showtime had was Dexter. Yeah, not even uh, not even This Is America. Oh, God, was that Showtime? <laughs> that was a... Uh, a f- is that yes? That was is a firm of Belch. <laughs> oh, wow. I did not realize that. Yeah, okay. Well, anyway, um, find it however you can find it. <clears throat> yeah. This is about the part of the show where we're going to tell people well, where to find us online, Brian. Oh, yeah, if you want to send me uh, death threats... Or links to uh, sites where you can watch The Curse, maybe. Yes. 
Uh, you can find me on Instagram as a music photographer. You can find me on all the other majors as I shock ED board because I just want to make my life complicated. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, Twitter, Blue Sky. I think Thrice is also now a music photographer. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, I know. Beautiful. Great things. Big things are happening on, on <laughs> Threads. <laughs> Raisins and meatballs and all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out uh, uh, my <laughs> photography portfolio, it's assholemusicphotographer.com. If you want to check out some foes with words, it's amusicphotographer.com. Hey. If you want to check out the last only and uh, good media website in St. Louis. It's theartsstl.com. Mm-hmm. I think the next thing I'm covering is Blonde Redhead at the end nice. of uh, the nice. month. See how that goes. If you do want to see some really neat, Colin Williams went down to Nashville, Tennessee, the photograph Tool at the Bridgestone Arena. Oh, wow. I think of Tool, which I usually associate with burnouts I went to high school with. Yeah, I was going to say. It's like guys that, <laughs> guys that drive a Ford Probe <laughs> and have a rag in the back seat. You don't touch the pink rag. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's, that's mm. the jizz rag for me and the old lady. And it's like, why? You, you, we're in high school. You don't call your girlfriend the old lady. The old lady, yeah. Just because you're, you're dad is a sentient dickies jacket doesn't mean like you have to act like it anyways anyways colin williams went all the way down to nashville tennessee to photograph tool which is which is kind of like saying i drove all the way to florida so i could get shot in the head asking for directions hey which is no tool is historically one of the worst bands to photograph i think i think uh portugal the man's up there I'm trying to think who else is notoriously hard to photograph uh, because I don't know if you've ever seen Tool Live. I sure as shit haven't because I don't like songs about math. No, um, I haven't seen Tool, but I did see a perfect circle open for Nine Inch Nails. So. That must have been cool. Yeah, that was good. Maynard hides behind the drum riser a lot, doesn't really give the crowd a good look at him most oh, of the time. Perfect circle, he was wearing a big, long, blonde wig. Uh, that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about Tool. This is a different... Maynard. It's still Maynard. It's still Maynard. But you got to understand, he's got different... And Pussifier, it's a different thing. It's and pussy fur. Pussy. Because that's what he calls, he calls his wine Merkin Valley, because it's pussy fur. <clears throat> he's talking about a pubic wig. It was a Mr. Show sketch. You know that. Really? Well, that that was where pussy fur <laughs> came, came about, because they were friends. And, and they were like, we need a song for the Ronnie Dobbs sketch. And they knew Tool, and they're like, "Sure, why not? We'll we'll fake we'll create a fake band name, and the fake band name was Pussy Fur, P U C I F E R." Anyways, <laughs> random knowledge. Anyways, Mr. Williams, Wellway, Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. To, to what I would say is a fool's a errand. fool's errand. Yes, and this young man, shit you not. Not only wrote a very nice review of the show, actually got really fucking great photos. That's great. Uh, got some really great photos of Maynard. Uh, you know, getting great photos of Adam Jones or whatever his name is, the one guitar player. Um, not that hard, but just the fact that he even got... the. F- I would say if you were the photograph tool and you got one photo like where someone could be like, oh, that's Maynard, like you did good. Sure. There's at least a half dozen great shots of the man. Amazing. So... So check that out. It's probably the only good live foes of a tool you will see this year. I, I'm not fucking joking. No, no, no. I know. that. That's why it's funny, because it's true. Kudos yeah, to him. Yeah, man. I, I mean, I have photographed at a tool concert mm-hmm. and was like, 
I bet I could get away with just like walking up and shooting tool. I was I was uh, invited to photograph the opener, uh, this band from California called Three Teeth, mm-hmm. uh, who are actually really good. Um, they sound like the menu music from Command Conquer Red Alert. All right. So, yeah. You know, that kind of like 90s industrial. Hell yeah. Um, Let's go. It was a tour where Maynard was dressed in full riot gear. Oh, I nice. Think. But I didn't even stay to see Tool because like I don't, I don't need to listen to songs about math or jerking off or whatever, <laughs> or both. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, a, in a mostly dark stage, like I can go home and do that. Sure, fair enough. Most of my Tool hate comes from the fact that having worked at a guitar center, I heard so many fat kids play the fucking bass line to Lateralis incorrectly. That's fair. Just a kid that smells like deli burps. And jorts. I know the pieces fit. (laughs) (laughs) You're not wrong. That's the thing. Yeah. Well, you can find me online. (laughs) Just, yeah. You can find me online as Video Crime. Nine times out of ten, if there's a Video Crime, chances are it's going to be me. Have you ever known someone in your life that like came up to you real excited? You hear a new Tool records coming out? Yeah, about three of them, and I don't think I talk to any of them anymore. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like someone telling you like, "Hey, you want to see a dead body?" Exactly. And you're like, yeah, and they're like, "It's a really far away," and you're like, like "No, never I don't mind." Know. Yeah, no, you, it's gotta be within a mile. Yeah, if, I'm not going I, across town to look at a dead body. If now. I can't walk it, then what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, you can find me online as Video Crime. Any anytime there's Video Crime, it's gonna be me. You can also find me on TikTok and Instagram as Laser Goose CEO. That's Laser with an S, you Philistines. There is no Z in there. You can also find me at, oh my goodness, midnightpals.simplecast.com. Season one wrapped. I told you this. We're working mm-hmm. on season two. Very exciting stuff. I'm very hyped. I uh, can't wait to get the new one. I'm going to be uh, also appearing on a thing called Meek. I don't have a, a, a deadline for that one yet, and I did appear on something called The Dead Harvest. If you look on YouTube, Dead Harvest, uh, a couple of uh, a roughneck type of uh, Starship Troopers kind of characters that I was asked to do on that one. <laughs> so I'm doing some voice work. And uh, you can also find the show, 4-8-minutes-dogsbarking.com. Shoot us an email, jason at 4-8-minutes-dogsbarking.com. Brian with a Y at 4-8-minutes-dogsbarking.com. If you want to send me the Daniel Pearl video sent to uh, Prison Sex, yeah, that's a cool <laughs> song. <laughs> Stink Fist Prison Any one of those. Yeah, yeah. Shoot him an email. Brian with a Y. 48MinutesDogsBarking.com. Do you, do, you, do you know how they how Tool kind of started? Oh, it was a Texas band, if I remember correctly. Well, so. one of the guys, I think it was Adam Jones, like, lived with Maynard or, like, was friends with a friend. And Maynard like yelled something from like an apartment window to them in the parking lot, and they were like, "Oh man, you got a great voice." Makes sense. Uh, you can also give us a call three one four two four six nine seven six six three one four ahoy poo. Like to tell us what your favorite Tool song is. <laughs> <laughs> Support the show patreon.com slash four eight minutes dogs. Well, that about does it for the program, Brian. Well, as we always say at this time, namaste, good luck, and eat the knife. Eat the knife. Bye-bye.